If I asked you to think about the last time that you went through a tough spot, if you're anything like me, it probably wouldn't take you too long. Whether it's a, an exam that you didn't prepare for, or a bill that was due that you didn't realize, or some unexpected car trouble, all of us have had some situations where we would like to be out of them as quickly as possible, right? Well, we're going to talk about that tonight. And though it may not seem that it was as important at the time, there was also a price that you had to pay to get out of that situation. Now, Aaron Ralston knows bad situations all too well. Aaron was an avid and skilled hiker, and in the spring of 2003, he decided to go on what in every way seemed to be a routine hike through the Blue John Canyon in Utah. He had made many trips like it before and was familiar with the terrain, but before the day was done, Aaron would find himself at the bottom of a canyon, trapped between a massive boulder and the side of the canyon wall. He would spend the next 127 hours unable to dislodge his arm and escape the canyon. And with him, he had only a small bottle of water, a little bit of food, and a dull knife. Aaron was in a bad situation. Everything was on the line, and he had a choice to make. A choice that would mean the difference between life and death. Now, we have a similar choice to make. The Bible tells us that we are also in a life or death situation. And if you have your Bibles with me, I'd like you to turn to Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to learn a little bit about this situation that we were in. Now, starting in verse 3, all the way through verse 17, we'll go ahead and read. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks to God the Father through him. Won't you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless this time of learning, that you would bless your words into our hearts, that it may inspire change in us, that we may redirect our lives to you, Lord, to you, the most important of all things. And let us keep our focus there, Lord. It's the name of the Son that we pray. Amen. Now, I don't know for a fact that Aaron did this, but if I was down in the middle of this canyon, trapped with my arms stuck between a giant boulder and the side of the canyon wall, after a few days, I might have decided, I'm going to name that boulder. And I'm not very clever, so I probably would have named the boulder something like Rocky, because that really fits in the situation, right? Now, our situation is a little different than Aaron's. Where we have been trapped, a more appropriate name for our boulder might be idolatry. And for good measure, let's name the canyon walls malice and anger. Now, the way I put that sounds a little ridiculous. But the Bible doesn't mince words about the situation that we are in. A little earlier in Colossians, Paul calls us dead in our trespasses, in our sins. We are dead. Paul's not playing around here. This is serious. We're in a bad way. We're not just in a bad situation. We're dead. We're dead. But what does that mean? What does it mean to be dead? I'm standing here. I'm walking. I'm talking. I'm breathing. How could I be dead? Paul doesn't mean we're literally dead. Paul means something much more than that. Paul means that we are separated and opposite to life. So what is life? Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is life. And if Jesus is life, wow, what sorrow to be separated from him. So what does this walking dead man look like? What does it look like to be this dead fellow? Well, Paul tells us. He says it means we are angry, wrathful, malicious, slanderous, obscene talkers, and liars. Now you may be thinking, the person you described there really is awful. I see what you're saying about him being dead. That's a bad guy. But what does it have to do with me? I'm not that bad. Well, it really is unlikely that any of us can check all of the check marks on that list of the dead man. But we don't have to. When we check one, we've checked them all. And as soon as we write that check mark, we would be dead in our sins. We would be in dire straits. So what are we going to do? Well, the Bible tells us that too. What are we going to do? Again, Paul doesn't mince words. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. That part of us that is dead in sin, that part I described as the dead man, we're going to put it to death. We're going to lop it right off. Now you may say that's well and good, but what does that really mean? What are we going to do when we put these things to death? We're going to start cutting them out of your life. 
So the next time you come home from a long day at work and you're tired of hearing the people at work complain and you're tired of hearing your boss on your case all day and you get home and when your children complain to you or your husband or wife asks you to do something, maybe you don't let them have it about how you're so tired. Or if you're someone in this room that has struggled with lust or adultery, you start taking the steps necessary to cut that out of your life. Or if you're guilty of talking about one of your brothers and sisters, Christians in here, you cut that out of your life. Whatever it is that is a violation, you're wanting to cut it out of your life. Why? Because the Bible tells us there's a new way we're going to live. It tells us we're going to live in a way that is renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Look at that. We're going to live in the way God wants us to live. We're going to start living in a way that he has chosen for us. We are his chosen ones, and he has chosen a way we are going to live. That sounds like a pretty good plan to me. But what if we're not entirely sure what Paul means by that image of the creator part? Well, again, he lets us know. Paul, what do you mean by that? Have compassionate hearts. Be kind. Be humble. Be meek. Be patient with each other. Forgiving of one another. Be loving. Be thankful. Let the word dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness to God. And let everything you do, in word or in deed, be done in the name of Christ, giving thanks to the Father through him. Now you may just jump up from your seat right now and tell me, yes sir, I've got it. I'm going to walk out of this room and I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to be humbler. I'm going to be kinder. Please don't do that. Keep your seats. Because I've got something else to say. There's not any one of those things that you want to jump up and do that's going to save your soul. Because the real change, the only change that takes away that raggedy old cloak of yours and replaces it with a new, pure, and undefiled cloak is Christ. Now, five days into being trapped in that canyon, Aaron knew there was only one way out. There was no moving that big boulder that had him trapped, and there was no moving that arm out from under it. So he did the only thing he could do. He cut it off. He cut off his arm so that he could change his situation from being stuck under a boulder to being home, sipping some tea. Now, that same price, that same blood price is required for you to change your situation. The same price, the price of blood. The change from who you were to who God wants you to be is not something that you can do for yourself. You must give it over to Christ. You don't clean yourself up first and then come to Christ. You don't wait until you think you're worth it and then come to Christ. You go to Christ because while you were still sinners, he died for you. Christ is going to do the cleaning. So if you're sitting here and you think that that price is too high, that the price that Christ paid is too much for you, please don't think that. Be ready to accept the price that Christ paid for you because that price was paid long ago on the cross on Calvary.
be fully confident in the power of Christ. Every single one of us is checking a mark on that dead man's list. But be confident in the power of Christ who is saving you and in the power of the Holy Spirit who is sanctifying you. The work in you may just be getting started like it is in me, like it is in most of us. But put your faith in him who will bring to completion the work that he begun in you. Because we are in a bad situation. But there is a well in the desert for you, and the price for that water has been paid. So drink up, because there's only one way out of here, and it's a price of blood that has been paid by Christ. You can't pay the price, but Christ did. How will you respond to that pain? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for sending the Son who hung on a tree for us. We want to thank you for the sacrifice that he gave that we could stand before you righteous and blameless. We want to thank you for hanging the record of our sins on the tree with him, Lord. And we want to thank you for all of the blessings that you have granted us in our lives. And we want to ask that you would allow us to be small blessings to other people as we go out from this room, Lord. And thank you for this time that we've had gathered. And thank you mostly for Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen.